Welcome back, guys. It is the Slinging Stones podcast brought to you by The Thrive Ministry. It is episode number 70. 70? 70. Wow. We've made it that far. I feel sorry for the people that's hung in here. No, man. They're uh, Wait till they get their door prize. They're good people. Wait, no. wait, wait till they get their, their free gift. No, actually, sorry. That was, that was a mistruth. It's episode 69. Oh, well, so, you're a dirty um, liar. I'm you, sorry. I did you not got me all excited. I, 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 I thought I, I thought I, I thought it was 70. So great. We wasted um, the good surprise on you. No. So um, we are. Uh, I'm Andy. That's Luke. Uh, we're back. We're uh, we're excited. We got a busy end of the month coming up. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun. Um, so let's go through a couple announcements. So first of all, cultivate uh, the bonfire. At cultivate this Sunday night. Is canceled. Postponed. Turns out it's going to be a pool party. Postponed. It's supposed to rain a bunch, so I uh, definitely don't want to be out in the weather with that, and it may get bad storm-wise. So um, if you're looking for something to do, if you're looking for a men's ministry to go to, uh, come down to South Shelby Baptist Church. Come down to Moss, uh, 630 at South Shelby Baptist Church, Building B. Um, just open the door. Go smell real loudly and you'll you'll smell the aroma of good food and you just follow it and you'll probably hear a bunch of us cutting up or if we're eating you won't hear anything at all no, there'll be, be complete, silence complete quiet you may hear smacking so um come join us at malls um and then let's see what else we got uh february 18th old big luke big t is going to um he is going to be preaching at Shiloh Baptist Church down in Clanton. Um, he's going to take uh, a step in the pulpit. Um, the church is uh, in the middle of a pastoral change, and they've asked us to step in um, and preach a couple Sundays. So Luke's first on the docket. He won a coin toss. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to put it that way, but we actually did because we didn't want to fight over who was deciding, so we flipped a coin. That's right. That's we right. Wouldn't have and you, you didn't want to rock, paper, scissor me either. I, I I did it because I was going to break out Chuck Norris on you. Were you? Nothing beats Chuck Norris. I bu- I put God in the mix. God beats Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris. <laughs> so, um, so February eighteenth down at Shallow Baptist Church, the Sunday morning service. Luke will be uh, Luke will be uh, uh, sharing God's word and preaching that service. And then um, February twenty fourth is the Survival Men's Conference at South Shelby Baptist Church. If you have not registered, go online to southshelbybaptist.com and register. It's free. It's nothing. All, all it takes is two minutes. Register, get it done, be there on the twenty fourth at four to eat for free. Yeah, just because they ask for your driver's license number and a picture of your <laughs> yeah. child doesn't yeah. just ignore that. Um so it is free though, but uh we're going to eat some good food. Uh, doors are going to open at 5. Um, uh, I think it's 4. 4.45. No, 4 is e- four. eating. 4 is eating. But still, man, you tell people 5, they're going to show up expecting food at 5. No, food is and at the 4. the food's going to be gone. Food is at 4. Service starts at 5. Yeah. And at 5 o'clock, South Shelby Worship will uh, bring the heat with some good worship songs. Uh, Grace and Littleton will preach the first service and the first sermon. And then South Shelby Worship will come back on and uh, bring it on again. And then it will be Jim Vanstinghouse um, bringing the main headliner. Uh, the word, Bear Man. The Bear Man. Um, and from what I understand is there is a ton, a ton of door prizes. So We're going to win something at our own event. Are we? 
We didn't we didn't sign up last time because we were speakers. We didn't sign right, up for we anything. Didn't, we didn't get anything. You last signed time. up for something, didn't you? No, I didn't. But there were some good prizes last year too. I knew what they all were because I went and got them. Yeah, that's true. So come on down, pack the house. Uh, you know, we had what do we have about 150 last year? Yeah. I mean, we had 150 last year. Um, I think the year before, or you know, the year before before that, we. We had a high number that year, but look, guys, let's pack the house. Let's. This is a chance for men to gather, fellowship it. We, you know, with food on the table, worship and praise God, listen to His Word, uh, pray over a go. You know, the altars are going to guarantee be open, so you know, just don't miss out on this opportunity. Um, and then the twenty fifth of February, the very next day, um, you got two choices. You can go to South Shelby Baptist Church and listen to Jim Vanstinghouse. Uh, give his testimony. He's preaching the service at South Shelby Baptist. Or you can come down to Shiloh Baptist Church and hear me. Um, while I know which one's probably the better one, I'm going to, you know, just whoever you want to pick. Why are you being so mean to Mr. Jim? I'm talking about me. Oh. I know. I mean, he's going to probably bring it better than I can. You so. are leaving a very important event completely out. What am I leaving out? February 14th. All our guys, you're trying to get them in trouble. Well, hang on, I'm going to go back to that. We're going you're to go trying back. to get no, people we're going in trouble. Back to, we're on we're on go to events right we're now. We're talking about list of importance. No, we're we're on go to. Hang on, just a minute. We're getting there. We're getting there. Just, I'm trying to look. I'm patience. trying to support our guys. Patience. Um, you talking about Valentine's Day? Valentine's well, hang on Day. just a second. So, the 25th, I'll be at Shallow Baptist Church, uh, preaching that morning, filling in that morning, and then March 1st. Uh, Luke and I, and I guarantee you surrender is going to be there with J- Justin's going to be there, but, uh, March 1st at Starrett church's men's ministry. Uh, I will be speaking. It starts at six 30. Um, I can't remember the address, but we'll post it on the Facebook. Uh, we'll promote it. Uh, I guarantee you right there. There's probably gonna be some good food there too. I am kind of looking forward to, and looking forward to see some old faces because yeah. we haven't seen them in a about a year, right? And some new ones. And some new ones. So looking forward to meeting everybody out there. Um, you know, for those that come out there, man, we'll probably have some Thrive stickers to give out and, you know, hang out there. We may throw a shirt or two out in the crowd. Maybe take off our shirt. <laughs> hey, look, look, for, for 50 bucks, I'll take my shirt off. Yeah. For 100 I'll leave it on. So, um, We need to get, like, one of those potato guns and shoot shirts at people. No way. Uh, that, oh, my goodness, that's stupid commercial that's on the radio now where they somebody they they do the jennifer coolidge voice and they're like it's like a credit card and they're like did you order did you order three t-shirt cannons she's like no i already have one <laughs> you know and it's just it's this is it's so annoying we but could probably get one from her if she's got four. i know i know so uh if we ha- if we show up and it looks like we have a gun it's a t-shirt cannon don't worry we got it um what Mine may be real. <laughs> I'm talking like one that looks like a bazooka. Mine may be still real. <laughs> um, all right, let's not forget. So, well, let's talk about, you know, next week, um, probably I think Monday night, Monday, we're going to do, a spe- I'm going to do a special episode. Uh, my bride will be on the show with me. Which one? I've got one, and that's Jennifer. Yeah, but there's three of them. Oh, well, it's going to be the normal one. So Can I holler at her and find out who's coming? No. So, uh, Jennifer will be on the show, um, Jennifer will be on the show, uh, on Monday and then, uh, Valentine's day is what day? Wednesday? I thought it was Tuesday. 
No, it's Wednesday because Thursday's the fifteenth. Okay, guys, don't be a loser. Don't be a loser. Don't be that guy that you know. You look at your wife and you say, "Hey, guess what I got you?" And she says, "Nothing." You go, "Oh, you guessed it." Don't be that guy. <laughs> well, look, don't, don't, don't. Okay, first of all, go to church on Wednesday night with your wife. Pick another night and celebrate Valentine's Day. I figure that'll be the Saturday before, like probably tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. So, all right, and holy cow! Let's go ahead and bring up another big announcement. Thursday, Thursday the fifteenth. Y'all be prepared because Thursday night we've got Lance Ingram on the podcast. Mr. Ingram himself. Mr. Lance Ingram will be on. He Thanks is, we'll be able to get him to do Dr. Lou. Maybe. We can probably figure that out. But he is uh he's super pumped. He's um he's fired up. If you don't know who Lance Ingram is, he has written three great devotionals. He is a great speaker. Um, really brings the heat. I thought he. I thought his presentation on the one we went and saw was very good. Oh yeah. Had a television up there. Was really, you know, he was really intentional with the note taking and making sure it's kind of soaked in. And he had a piece of paper with notes on it. Yep. So um, Lance Ingram will be on with us. He's with Warrior United, and he also speaks and does the speaking tour with um, uh, the Man Church. Um, so a lot of fun. A lot of big things coming up, and it's all here in the next like. Two and a half, three weeks. So should we tell them about the other possible, you know, we haven't got it scheduled I, I think we wait. I think we wait. Hold that one. That's, that's hold like the, an ace hold and Hold that one. That one right there, that's going to have, we're going to bring trumpets for that one and all that good stuff. But uh, we do have a bunch of people. Um, there is going to be a little bit more intermixing with uh, interviews this year uh, while we go through Romans. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've got. It's because bunch. we're just blazing through Romans so fast, we have to pump the brakes. <laughs> we've got we've got some we've got some cool people that are uh, that we need to get on, and they need to share the story of what's happened and what's going on in their lives and what they do for the kingdom. So, do you realize we've been in chapter eight for six weeks? How many interviews have we done? One. Yeah, one. Have we been in chapter eight for six weeks? Yeah, because I flaked out a couple of weeks. Like I flaked completely out last week. Last week was one hundred percent on me. Of why why we didn't do it. It was one hundred percent on you. Yeah, because I'm the one who called you and said, "Yeah, I'm canceling." Oh, well, that's that's okay, Luke. I just I, I just I mean, it's okay, Luke. I forgive you. I had, I had an off week, man. It's, it was. It I was forgive. I forgive week. you. I'm having trouble forgiving myself. So you shut your cake hole. Wait a minute. Yeah, we've been in Romans since uh, <laughs> December fourth. Okay, I told you. Woo! Let's get out of yeah. chapter eight tonight. How about yeah. that? Um, so we are going to finish chapter eight tonight. Um, we're going to finish uh, chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And, you know, we are, we're over halfway. Uh, we are moving in some direction. pace of snail. <laughs> uh, maybe by this time, maybe when we get, you know, to chapter 10, we'll, we'll start making a decision on what the next study will be. <laughs> I'm not. No. You know, uh, I, I figure we're like, if you've ever been to a cave – where you've got a guide and he's telling you the difference between stalactites and stalagmites. <coughs> you know, the stalactite, it's it's connected at the floor and the and the ceiling. And where's stalagmite? In ten thousand years, these may connect. No, oh, now that's not fair. I just need to know if there's gonna be a podcasting room in heaven. Ah, uh, man, that'd be cool. I mean, because if not, Jesus is gonna we, he's gonna meet us at the gate with his arms crossed and his lips pursed, going, Y'all gonna finish this or what? Y'all ain't finished nothing. So couldn't finish um, Ephesians. 
Thanks, buddy. You just had to bring that one out of the, out of the bag, didn't you? I mean, you? you said nothing. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, hey, Andy, let's get started. Let's get started. Golly, bum. Um, <laughs> are we missing anything? I don't know. I don't think so. Nothing of importance, I well, don't think. Before we get started, so look. If you're looking, if your men's ministry is looking to, uh, if you're looking to start a men's ministry in your church, if you're looking to uh, grow your men's ministry or just find out and create a curriculum, uh, definitely reach out. Let let us at Thrive uh, help you out. Luke or myself would love to help you out um, and just really um, help kind of focus you and your men's ministry uh, and your church's men's ministry on intentionality, on intentional uh, discipleship with those men that are a part of this and and hopefully gain the enthusiasm, gain the momentum to grow it. And it may not be more than five members or 10 members, but man, it, it can be crazy how um, how impactful those five, 10 members are if they're discipled correctly, if they're intentional on their discipleship. So uh, let us at Thrive help you out if you, if you want it. Um, you know, if you just need prayer, reach out to us as well. But you can reach out to us at Andy at thethriveministry.com or Luke at thethriveministry.com or Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear from I, you. I don't have an Instagram. Well, Thrive has an Instagram. I wouldn't know I'm banned. Thrive has an Instagram. I don't have access to that. That's okay. I'm not giving you access to it. So, All right. So let's get started. Chapter 8, verse 31 starts at like this. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. You know, this is... This is it's how appropriate oh, coming up to, to Valentine's Day, we're going to be talking about the everlasting love of God. So I love this. Um, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor, th- nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good stuff. <clears throat> you know, I, I I love verse 31. I love the back half of verse 31. Um, what are you doing? I just heard some scratching noise in my headphones. Let's um, make sure I ain't coming disconnected over here. <laughs> it may have been me doing that. No, no, I know the difference. Um, verse 31, the back half, I love it. If God is for us, who can be against us? Um you know we have to we have to understand that it was it took a lot of grace and a lot of love to do what was set in place to be to be done you know god could have just wiped it out and been done oh yeah started over and been done um 
But as you see, as you go through Scripture, starting in the beginning, from the fall till the end, till till the end, till now, you see God's grace, um, God's mercy, um, even before Jesus, even before the sacrifice, and you know God saw it. You know I look at it as God saw it fitting that not just Jews can have this love and have this grace and this mercy and this opportunity, but with Jesus, it became Gentiles. The old law taken away and the new law being set, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's pretty powerful. That's that's pretty impactful if you really sit down and think about it, that, you know, he he just, he never wavered when he sent Jesus. There was no second guess. There was no opportunity to take another path. And you see it in Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, take this from me. And then he immediately, if it's not your will, but if it's not my will, but yours. And it's an obedient thing. And, you know, too many times we forget that, you know, while God is forgiving and love, um, we've, we just, we tend to forget about how much God gave up for us with Jesus on the cross and what he ultimately was trying or what he ultimately did and what he was setting in place to be done. Um, So the rapture, you know, to us as believers is not going to be a, 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 a wrathful thing. It's going to be a, a love to get us out of there before this happens. Right. So that's why, I, you know, that's why you, you can have that. I love that confident question that Paul asks the Romans. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's, that's confidence right there. That is, that is solidifying yourself. That is a solid standing in your faith, in your belief. That if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, that's also one of those verses that gets taken way out of context a whole lot of times. Um, it, 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 it's, it's laid out there so much that it almost becomes cliched. You know, when, when somebody's going through a tough time or, um, there's, there's a physical issue, a worldly issue. That's one of, that's a go-to verse. Well, if God's for us, who can be against us? That is true in things of the spirit. That's not always true in things dealing with matters of the flesh. Because we're going to have things come against us that are matters of the flesh that God's still going to be for you. He's just going to allow certain things to happen. And if you don't think that that's true, look what Job went through. Um, So I think that we have to be careful when we examine that verse. Uh, When you apply it to your spiritual life, it's all-encompassing. Once you have the blood of Christ covering you, really nothing else matters. Um, the outcomes of things of the flesh don't matter. If something happens and it takes you away from this physical walk of life, well, because God's for you, it doesn't matter if the enemy tries to be against you. It doesn't matter. Um, when it comes to matters of the spirit, Again, because you're covered in the blood of Christ, we have the ability, the power, and the authority to rebuke the enemy. Hmm. Does that mean that it's going to be any less physically traumatic? No. 
I don't think so. Because we are creatures of passion. We are creatures ruled mostly by our flesh and our, our earthly feelings and our physical pains and pleasures. Um, but it all has to go back to looking at it from through spiritual eyes. When you, when you segregate the eyes of your spirit from the eyes of your flesh, you see two entirely different realms here to, to, to approach your life with the, with the, with the scriptures. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's a confidence in Christ and there's, if you're reading that and you're, you're not saved, I believe if, I believe if I was reading this section and not, not being saved, I believe it would give me a, it would probably give an anxiety. Oh yeah. Um, just on, you know, just on the fact that you feel like you have nothing on your side at that point. Right. Right. Um, but you look at down, you look down at, um, verse 34 and 35 <clears throat> and and you know you notice that Paul in good gracious what is it it there's some of these chapters and some of these sections in Romans where Paul is he is really he he a lot of questions are lumped together I mean it's like a question then a question then a question then a question and what he's doing he's just, he's challenging a, he's he's thought provoking at that point he's throwing thought provoking questions out there because when these churches are receiving it, well, yes, you're getting the rebukes, you're getting the praises that Paul's given, but you're also, let's give questions that allow thought. That, we also that, have to take into consideration who he's addressing too. Yeah, where he where he is in Rome. Yeah, and how absolutely. many how many little G gods? Yeah. were still in play even inside the churches in Rome. Yeah. Well, look at look at verse thirty four and thirty five. It says, "Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised." who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? This right here is, you know, we we get put into a lot of situations where you can imagine, let's just take the apostles after Christ died and ascended after Pentecost that day, and they're going out and spreading the word, the good news. They're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we somehow think that in today's time, we have some level of persecution that compares to theirs. Oh, no. And and they're, they're fearing sword. I mean, you've got Stephen was stoned. You've got Paul was beaten. Paul was stoned. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was thrown on an island in prisoner. Paul was snake bit. All these different things. Peter was, you know you know, attacked, but you have all these things and they, in a lot, and every one of them died. Every one of them died and got executed. Oh, a horrible. Death. So, so you have these things that we consider now, look, there is some trials and tribulations that we're going to, we're going to come across, but that's the thing. We don't ever take verse 35. Who is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? None of these things. Yet we're so quick to drop our faith in a heartbeat over some trial or tribulation or danger that, it's embarrassing. It should embarrass you. <clears throat> and you look at, you look at, 
you know, there are people in, <clears throat> golly, i just getting scratchy. There are people in China right now that hold, you know, 24 to 36 hour secret churches mm-hmm. during, and, and they're, they're working off two pages of scripture yep. and they're learning it. Like it's, it's their life dependent on it. They're grasping it with everything that they have and everything that they can, you, they, they can get a hold of. And they're celebrating getting just a, a minute piece of scripture. And yet we bought at thirty four ninety five every book we can buy and we lay it on a table to gain dust. And we don't open it. We don't embrace it. We don't even cherish it at any point. And it's not that we're cherishing a book or a, a, a thing. We we should be cherishing God's word. And that's what, you know, we don't understand is because, what's the word I'm looking for? We are, we're spoiled to it. Oh, yeah, we're complacent. And, and so our love of Christ should not be even touched by any tribulation, by any distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. We have a bad time financially where we're in a season of bad. You know, we'll go and, you know, we'll go and ask, you know, guys, we're falling on bad times and the church will pay your power bill and you're over it at that point. You're done. You don't give, you don't give thanks. You don't give, you know, that's a blessing right there. And then you've got where, you know, you see times of, people falling away from God and falling, you know, away from their faith because of death, you know, a child or a mother or a father or sister, whatever it may be, a death happens and, and people are, well, why would God do this to me? Were were you, have you read scripture? Do you know what, you know, it, it, it goes back to the first question. If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for us, and all things work for the bet for the good. And if it's our, if we stay in faith, we don't have anything that separates us from Jesus. None of those, none of those items right there. None of those six, six, seven items right there. You, you're about to hammer down at you. Well, I like what you know. The first question that Paul asks in verse thirty-four is, "Who is to condemn?" <clears throat> and it's kind of an open-ended question because he never answers it. Hmm. But if you think about it, name one person that Jesus himself condemned in the entirety of the scriptures. There's not one. Jesus did just the opposite. He delivered. Mm. He healed. He saved. There's there's no one that, that Jesus condemned. The entirety of his ministry was based in eternal love, obedience, and gratitude. So... The, the the price that he paid it was a necessary it was a necessary atonement it was the only way that any of us were ever going to get there ever i mean heaven would look like a ghost town with tumbleweeds rolling through it if it wouldn't have been for what jesus chose to do and i've said it before and i'll say it again <coughs> there's a misconception that Jesus just went willingly to the cross. Hmm. There's there's nothing that could be further from the truth than that. And you say, well, you know, how do you prove that scripturally? Do you think, since you brought up the garden where he was praying, do you think that a man who is willing to do something, 100% sold out, bought in, willing to do something, would be so stressed that he sweated blood. 
Well, that's the flesh. Then he took on the flesh, so there was that temptation. Well, he was he was all man, so he felt every one of those whips things. It never said that he disconnected his, his sensory being. It never said that he didn't feel that. He felt all that. Yeah. He and not only that, he knew beforehand what he was going to feel because he was all God. He was omnipotent, but yet his undying, unwavering, unfailing non-condemning, absolute love for people compelled him to continue on. Even the enemy knew that he could call down legions of angels to tend him, and he chose not to. You know, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, it does say that angels came and tended to him. But does it ever say that he called them? Yeah. No, the Father took compassion on them and sent them. They said, it says the angels were sent to tend to his needs. Yeah. Jesus is the ultimate tender of our needs. So everything about this passage points to the cross. Yeah. Everything about this short passage points to the, just the, it, it's indescribable love of Christ. And if you sit and, and and if you took just people who were just enamored in the scriptures, just rogue scholars in the scriptures and tried to get them to put into human words, something to adequately, just adequately describe the love of Christ for the people, the love of the son for the children. You couldn't do it. Well, you look at verse 36 and Paul quotes, Psalms 44, um, 22. And that's where he states, For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And I love this commentary where it says that, you know, that says Paul is quoting this, which can, it says Paul has movingly written that nothing which can happen to us can separate us from Christ, separate us from Christ's loves for, loves for us. Struggles in this life are not a sign that God has abandoned us. They are hardships he works to see us through. Um, and he was showing the he was showing God's people that God's people have faced persecution for generations, even back in David's time. Um, and it says in this commentary, Paul wants the Christians in Rome to have the right perspective on the circumstances of their, their daily lives, whether or not. They experience hard times or good times. It does not change whether God loves them or not. Paul has made it clear that God's love is absolute and God will fulfill his purposes or purpose for them. He will succeed in bringing them to glory. Now, now he seems to want them to be ready for trouble on this side of eternity. They should be not be surprised when it comes. In fact, they should be ready to be killed, slaughtered like sheep for Christ's sake, if that's what it comes to. Um, but how many people do you think have that conviction in their heart? You know, I mean, it, nowadays, unfortunately, well, I mean, we have, we have a, we're a wavering society. Um, dude, let, let's be honest. It's easy for me and you to sit here and say, oh yeah, you know, if, if somebody kicked in the door and told us to renounce our faith or they would kill our wives and our children, we would say, see y'all in heaven in a few minutes. It's easy to say that. 
But look at how many other times we lose faith and lose and lose faith. Look at how many times during the average day we completely turn our backs on God. And you may think, oh, I don't, I don't do that. <coughs> well, if you believe that sinful behavior, intentional or otherwise, interrupts fellowship, not relationship, but fellowship, then you have to understand that when we engage in these activities, whether it being partaking in an inappropriate joke, laughing at an inappropriate joke, watching something on TV that we shouldn't be watching, uh, having a conversation about things that we ought not to, any of these things that would be offensive to God, we're turning our backs on Him and we're saying that you're not important enough for us to even stop doing this. So how could we say that, you know, we struggle with the minimum bar. How can we say with any confidence that we would achieve the maximum bar? I mean, it's like you're saying, okay, I got a little four-cylinder pickup truck. I'm ready to hook onto this trailer and pull a bulldozer up the hill. Well, you may be able to pull it up the hill, but you ain't going to be able to stop it going well, off the other side. You know, too many times in too many situations, and, and it happens in churches daily, and it's not what's well, yeah it's there's there's fault to be thrown all around but we take you know people that are saved and they're just thrown out to the world to fend for themselves um there's too many christians that are saved and get mentoring that don't take it and don't understand scripture but the one thing that that lacks is, you know, Paul is Paul is. This is good stuff for what to look for and how to live and what to be ready for. This is mentoring right here. These letters are letters of um, guidance. Um, and I was having a discussion. You know, you look in your church and look at your older, mature Christians. Are they leading and guiding and helping a younger? less mature Christian grow? Are they taking that time to help them, to prepare them for what life's going to throw at them? And a lot of times it's no. There are churches that are failing because a lot of the older heads do not care. So, well, just for reference, are we talking about a physical age or a spiritual age? No, it's a spiritual thing. So there's where, there's where I think you get a huge disconnect. Mm -hmm. You get people that walk into a church and they look at young guys like you. They look at young guys like you, and they automatically assume that, you know, how much could you possibly know? Sorry. Um, and then they look at a guy with gray hair. They look at a silver fox, and they're thinking, man, I bet, I bet he's got it all together. When, in fact, I am nearly two decades into my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm about a decade in to putting effort and intention into following Christ. Yeah. Every day I have an aha moment. Mm -hmm. And it's and and it's not something way deep off in Habakkuk or you know something like that or or one of these little in, known it's, books. It's in the gospel. It's right here in my face. It's stuff that I've read a million times. But but then you get the flip side of that coin that we have such an instant gratification society yep. in everything that we do. 
people think that, okay, I, I, I laid down my cross, I laid down my burdens, I've laid down my addictions, I've started following Jesus. In six months, they think they're ready to pastor. They're not giving themselves time to root. They're not giving themselves time to grow and experience what Paul's talking about here. Because if you haven't experienced this unconditional love that, that Jesus offers you, and what I mean by experienced is I mean if you haven't fell flat on your face and the only saving grace there was was Jesus, you don't know about this. Well, I mean, at some point you have to you, you have to go through some persecution. There has to be some tribulation. Uh, there's going to be seasons that's going to, I hate to use the word test your faith. Well, that's exactly what it but, is. But, you, you know, you have these seasons that are going to take you and 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 try you to your ends and and people always make the statement um well god won't put on more more of my plate that i can't handle no <laughs> absolutely he he will he will break your dixie plate oh, to where yeah. your food is sitting on the floor oh, yeah. and that's the purpose of that is because it's the reliance on him that we seem to forget lessons when, to be learned when we take when we are completely shattered and broken to the point of we have nothing and cannot do anything, and God knows. And we we take it and we say, God, look, I, I'm I'm over. I'm I'm. It's you now. Take it. Take everything of me and make what you will. And then God can utilize you. And then it's a building up process. It's not a straight up just put you back together as quickly as possible and send you out into the world. It's a building up process. There has to be a trial and error, if sort of, if so to say. Well, I'm going to peel back the curtain on my life again. It, it's been a minute since I went here. Um, several years back, about eight years ago now, you know, I've shared that I thought I had it figured out, man. I thought I knew what God wanted for me. I thought I knew what my ministry was. And everything was going great. Everything was hitting on, you know, all eight cylinders. I was chugging along. And God didn't tap the brakes on me. Now, you talk about what you just said. God won't put more on you than what you can bear. You want to talk about breaking somebody. I was as broken as I could be. I was two years out of losing my dad. Not Pops, but my dad, the man who raised me, um, whom I was very, very close to had just recently moved back to Alabama, started a business that was going great, just gotten remarried. I thought that was going great. And then a piece of wood the size of, I don't know, golly, the size of a dime changed my life. So I spent all this time in the hospital. I get out of the hospital. Well, let me back up while I'm in the hospital. My wife at the time informs me that I need to find another place to live because she's not going to take care of me. So now I'm homeless. Had you know, Here I am, 40 years old, moved back in with my mother, who I just moved down here. Three weeks into that, my mom has a massive stroke. Ten days later, she's gone. So I'm alone. 
you don't think that I found some, some rock in the bottom of that hole? You don't think that when I looked around and realized that the only the only things in my household that cared anything about me were the animals that depended on whether I fed them or not? When I looked around, all I could see was Jesus. You don't think I questioned God? You don't think I asked him if he loved me or not? And I'm speaking this as a Christian. I'm speaking this as somebody who went into people's homes and took advantage of the time to share the gospel with random customers and clients. I'm not talking about from somebody who had been out on the streets and out in the bars and didn't know Christ. I'm talking about somebody I considered myself an off-the-milk and on-the-meat Christian. All I had to rely on was that love, was that I knew that I had a Father in Heaven who loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. All of this that Paul's talking about here in, here in the very end of this, all these things that Paul is saying here, uh, all the things that says, uh, know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then he starts going through, you know, no, no, no matter of depth, no, no matter of breadth, no, no matter of anything, the love of Christ is still there. Not only is it still there, but you know, people like to say that it's constant. Now, I believe that there's a constant minimum. But when we reach a place of true brokenness, God really pours out his love on us. He'll really start to show us things. He'll start to show you things. And when I was in this, this, this lowest of valleys, my wife had just left me. I didn't have a place to live. My mom had just died. I was still recovering from my dad dying. I didn't hardly have any friends down here because I had lived in another state for 25 years. And then I started looking around me at, the relationships that God had put around me that I wasn't even aware of, the hedge of protection in these men who poured into me, who discipled me, the women who nurtured me and loved me as a 40-year-old man, women that I could look at as a mother figure who'd I'd only known a year or two, same thing with these guys, and then there were also the guys that weren't just discipling me. They were looking me in the eye and say, okay, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Your vessel is broken. You're completely poured out. It's time to pull yourself together and figure out what God's trying to tell you in all this. And just like Job, God not only restored me, he gave me a woman in Celia who not only supports me in everything that I do, she shows me every day the love that Christ loves her with. Even on days when I'm ugly and unlovable, my wife still loves me, and she'll remind me of that. I'll be doing everything I can to convince her that she doesn't love me. What kind of idiot is that? But because God loves her so much and so abundantly, she shows it back to me. 
which fills my cup up and restores me. As a nearly 50-year-old man, you would think that I wouldn't need those things. But if you think that you don't need those things, that's exactly what God does for us. When we have those days, when we look in the mirror and we all have them, that you just think, what's the use? Why am I here? It's real simple. Because God loves you. And if you're in one of those moments right now where the Holy Spirit's talking to you, and you're not sure that you know who Christ is spiritually. You've heard us talking about him. You've heard other people talking about him, but you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Right now is the time. Right now is the time when you allow the blood of Christ. First, you allow the Holy Spirit to introduce you to Christ, who allows his blood to cover you so he can introduce you to the Father. And when that introduction takes place, know that your name is, is written in the Lamb's book of life when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came to this world of a virgin, lived a sinless life as a man, died on the cross, and rose again on the third day. It's just that simple. As we say all the time, no magic words, no special prayers, just you and Jesus. And allow him to show you this love that Paul speaks of. Or maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you're a child of the Most High. But maybe you've become like the prodigal son and you're out laying with the pigs. It's time to clean up. It's time to pick yourself up. It's time to get out of the mud and the filth and the squalor and come on home. Let God clean you back up. Let him wipe that dirt off of you so he can see the blood of Christ covering you and recognize you again, and restore that relationship. So you can begin to learn. So God can begin to fill you with the, with, with the meanings behind his holy scriptures. Because, we, we, man, we have an advantage that nobody's ever had in history. We have the written word in the form of our Bibles. We have the spoken word in the form of ministers that preach and speak it to us. And then we have digital word that you can take anywhere that you take your phone. We can literally surround ourselves with the Word of God all day, every day. So if that's you, it's time to get your hedge of protection back in place. Reach out to Andy. Reach out to myself. If, if you want us to find you somebody local to you to talk to you, man, just let us know where you're at and we'll find somebody. We will find you somebody local to talk to you, that can sit down with you. If you don't want to do that, if if you want to text, if you want to email, if you want to snail mail or send smoke signals, don't ever think that you're alone. So it's time to come home. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to close this thing out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you so much for this night's podcast. Father, I thank you for the reminder of your eternal love, your eternal grace, your eternal mercy. Father, just the reminder of the depths that you will go to rescue us, the distances you will cross to find us, the battles that you will fight to save us. Father, the price that you allowed your son pay to purchase us. Father, I thank you for those things. I thank you for the reminders. Father, I, I, I take it for granted 
of what exactly your son did on the cross. I take it for granted. It's not something that I'm proud of, Father, but you know my heart. You know all of our hearts. You know our hearts better than we know our hearts. So, Father, I pray right now that if there's one of my brothers or sisters that are listening, Father, that doesn't know you, that your Holy Spirit come down and surround them. Father, not with a whisper, but with a mighty triumphant roar. Father, that just grabs the hands of their heart and, and moves them nowhere but to you, and they, they can't. I pray that they can't eat, and they can't sleep, and they can't think, and they can't function until they come and meet Jesus. And Father, for those that have wandered off of the path, Father, those that are off in the weeds, maybe those that are in the emergency lane of the highway of life, Father, that you spend your you send your Holy Spirit directly to them, Father, and restore that relationship again. Father, help them understand that they are more precious than jewels, more precious than gold, and shine more brilliantly than a thousand suns in your eye, Father. That's how precious your children are to you. So precious indeed, Father, that you want us to be in heaven with you more than we could want to be there. And that's just hard to imagine. But Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for every person listening. I pray that this word does not go out void, that that not an utterance of Andy or I have been heard, but words directly from your Holy Spirit. Father, again, I just... I ask that you protect each and every one of us, Father, and keep us and guide us and direct us until we until we come back here again. All these things I ask in the most precious Son of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, um, just remember, got a lot of events coming up. Um, definitely check us out. Also, um, if you need anything or just want to reach out, Andy at thethriveministry.com or Luke at thethriveministry.com. So, guys, y'all have a great, wonderful weekend. We've got several episodes coming up pretty quickly, one after the other. Um, seems like next week, but it's going to be a great week. It's going to be an awesome uh, upcoming few months and few weeks. But guys, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And we hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And thrive on.